And you are tuned in to Real People of Orange County on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I love live radio because you never know quite what's going to happen. It's always a <laughs> it's always a treat. We are broadcasting live from the University of California campus in Irvine. We're streaming on the web at KUCI.org. We are available via podcast both on KUCI's website as well as Kimberly Martin's website. I'm your guest host, Marie Stone. This show is an informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. The guests on this show are all people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity, and today is no exception. So onward with our show. If you have not been down to the beach in the last few months, perhaps you haven't noticed it's summer. And summer means for a lot of us, at least everyone on the show today, a good time to read and there's never not a good time to read in my book, but summer is the best time. So to help guide us through your piles and piles of books on your bookshelves, I have two incredible women and one amazing teenager today to help us out. Uh, Jane Hanauer is the owner of Laguna Beach Books, and Debbie Mitch is the owner of Mystery Inc. in Huntington Beach. They both join me today to share their book recommendations. And in the last couple of minutes, my um, incredibly avid reading teenage daughter is going to join us to give her uh, YA recommendations straight from straight from a YA's mouth, and uh, so we'll do that. So first, Jane and Deb, welcome, welcome. So nice to be here, Deb. I nice to hear you, or I will soon hear you. We haven't seen each other for a while. I love it. Deb, are you there? Yes, I'm here too. And oh. yes, it's great to be. Able to talk to you also. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to give you ladies a little chance to introduce yourselves. Jane, we can start with you. Um, just a little introduction to you and your background, how you came to own Laguna Beach Books and, and how you came to love books and be a bookseller. Tell us tell us all about Jane. <laughs> what would I like more than that? I could be Donald Trump as far as talking <laughs> about myself. I think with a lot of book people, they probably don't like to talk about themselves that much. But I have always loved to read. Uh, when I was little, we traveled a lot. My father was a... Uh, uh... Are you there, Jane? It encouraged me to do a lot of reading because of our traveling when I was little. Um, so uh, we came back from France to the United States in the 50s, and, and I was a real bookworm. I was pretty old by the time I learned to read in English. I was probably seven and I think that made me even more eager to read. So uh, I lived in New York, and I went to school at Bradford, right outside of Boston, and I majored in English Lit. And then for a few years, I taught uh, second grade. And, um, and then I had a family and a lot of people to take care of. And about 12 years ago, my husband uh, decided that he would like to buy what was the pottery shack in Laguna Beach, and had been a kind of a very iconic building, series of buildings here, and he wanted to turn it into a place with a combination of a restaurant and some stores and some offices, and so I realized I might get a chance to have a place for my bookstore that I would I'd always kind of had a dream about, and that was in, we opened up the bookstore in um, 2006. So it'll be 10 years in September since we opened. Wow. I love and that. I've had the same people with me uh, for the whole 10 years. I mean, some people have gone back to graduate school or have had to move, but uh, my manager, Lisa Childers, my buyer, Robin Caperton, 
our wonderful person who handles all our special events marketing, Danielle Bowder, uh, has been here a little less, but for Lisa and Robin, it's been the whole 10 years. I love so. that. It is, it is a great, yeah, it is a happy place. Every time I walk in there, it's clear everybody loves to be there. They love their job. It's it's just, uh, it exudes really great energy. Oh, that's nice, Marie. Yes, I think it does. Yeah. I feel fortunate every single day. I'll bet. I'll bet. Deb, how about you? How did you um, kind of introduce our listeners to you and, and how you got involved in Mystery Inc. and a little bit about the bookstore? Say, so I've been the owner of the Mystery Inc. bookstore since 1991. Um, always been a book lover, also majored in English literature in college, and decided to research and open my own back in 1991, and obviously did mysteries, because that's my main focus, and I've always loved them, starting with Nancy Drew. So, um, so it originally opened in 1991, and now located in Huntington Beach, and been going strong, and people always love mysteries, so it's a great place to be. People do love mysteries. I can attest to that. That's a. <laughs> that, I love yeah. mysteries. Yeah. So, it is. Yeah. It is a um, a loyal fan base. I mean, once you have a mystery reader, they are they are never going to stray from the mystery genre. It's, it's great. No, that's right. Yeah. And there's such a big variety. You know, the, the literary mysteries and the southern gothic mysteries and the British mysteries, and then you know the more gritty mysteries. Um, the ones that J.K. Rowling writes. Uh, as Galbraith, Robert Galbraith, Cuckoo's Calling, and all about her, you know, British tough guy detective. I mean, that's a great example, you know, of what's a good writer, such a great writer turning to the mystery genre, I think. And and that's a really good point, how many different genres within mystery there are, because there there are a lot of, yeah, they span the globe. I love that. love that. Quite a few, including the thrillers, too, of course. One of the main sources, yes. Absolutely. Right, right, right. So let's talk also a little bit about how independent bookstores are doing these days, because uh, we here at KUCI and certainly on on my other show, Writers on Writing, are such huge proponents of independent bookstores, really encourage people, you know, if you're going to buy a book, absolutely go to your independent bookstore and buy it. Um, But I know with the e-book craze and with um, Amazon and all these other competitors, um, independent bookstores have taken a, a little bit of a beating, which is why I'm so um, insistent that people go out and, <laughs> and use their independent Good. bookstores. Good. Thank yes. you. Yes. I'm sure Debbie thanks you, too. Yes. So how are Would you guys? Would you call it a little bit of a beating, Deb? Do you think it's a little bit of a beating or a real beating? Um, actually, I wasn't sure what that said, but I really need to have – I actually do outside events to help support the store and – set up library events and things like that, and also we're doing a Ladies of Intrigue event for our third annual with the Sisters in Crime in October, and, and it really helps to get people out there noticing your store, realizing that you still have a store, as well as getting a, a lot of different authors being able to talk and promote their own books at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, mm-hmm. talk, let's talk a little bit about that and some of the events that you guys host. I know Laguna Beach Books has endless wonderful authors that come through there. I'm sure Mystery Inc. does as well. So if you guys can talk a little bit about maybe some of your favorite events that you've done and then some that are coming up so that um, give our listeners a place to go. Yeah, well, we uh, probably have an event, um, almost an event a week because some weeks we have two or three and then sometimes we don't have any. So um, at the moment, we don't plan them in the summer because Laguna gets so very crowded. 
Yeah. Uh, but we will start having them again in September. And uh, we are doing two different book events at the Festival of the Arts. They asked if they could, if we could help them do a kind of a literary brunch. So we did one oh. just this past Sunday with a fellow named Steve Healy. And he wrote a travel book about his experiences in South America. And Steve is a writer for, um, actually now he's writing for Veep, and he wrote for David Letterman. So he, when he was in a break from his television writing, he took a trip all through Latin America. So we'll do another one at the Festival of the Arts. I think it's the 21st of August. And then we have the author of The Paris Apartments. So she'll talk, and then there's a little luncheon, and you sit at nice tables. Uh, and then in the fall, we'll probably start having our events again in the bookstore itself. Oh, I'm coming to that one in August. That sounds fantastic. Good, yeah. That's a great really, book. It's a lot of fun. Oh, I love it. Good, good, good. Right. Sign me so up. We have quite a few in the store as well, but again, we don't have as many in the summertime, mostly because not as many of the authors come out with their mystery books at that time, but also because we do are sort of doing a, we do so many events, um, outside events and things during the whole year that we try to didn't notice that way, and like I said, um, we do the libraries, and right now we are planning the uh, the Ladies of Intrigue, which is going to have Carolyn Hart in the event finale, um, as well as uh, we're going interviewing her and Robin Purcell, who means plus 15 other authors that will be doing panels, and that's on October 2nd, and that's going to be at the Hotel Huntington Beach. That's great. Then when we had Jeff Parker here, that was a really great event this year, which we have them every year, but to Jefferson Parker is this year we sort of outdid it because we had over 70 people, which is unusual for us. So that was a lot of fun, too. He is fantastic. I mean, if you get a chance to see Jeff Parker. um, Oh, he's so nice. He's so nice, and he's such a great writer, and he's so prolific. He's got a book out every month, it seems like. <laughs> well, that, that is better, like James Patterson. That's, uh, oh, yeah, right, right. The four books and some, huh? <laughs> right. He certainly and, has one out. You know what, Marie, and, and, I, and I don't know because it doesn't fall within the mystery category, but J.K. Rowling has her new Harry Potter book that's really a play, and that is going to be sold starting on the 31st on this Sunday. Oh, I didn't know that. So it's, it's a play that was put on, and there's been quite a bit of discussion about it because she said she would never do another Harry Potter book, but she has done this play. So uh, so we have the books, and on Sunday morning we can start selling the books. Oh, that's fantastic. Right? I had no idea. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so let's get into some of your favorite recommendations. I want to give each of you a little bit of time to give our listeners something to walk into your shop and grab in the next uh well, whenever they want to, but certainly, <laughs> certainly, if they're headed out well, of town I, on vacation, they should yeah. they should stock up on some books. So, yeah. Deb, let's start with you. If you can give us um, in uh, in uh, any genre mystery of mystery, or whatever, yeah, yeah. I, obviously, the mystery field is my main thing, and I really enjoyed a lot of the books from different cultures that are writing from different areas because it really teaches you about what's happening in that culture and traveling over there without actually traveling there. Like one that I just read was The Unexpected Inheritance of Inspector Chopra by Vastine Khan. But his new book, he has a new one coming out in August. It's called um, The Perplexing Death of the Jewel in the Crown. And what he does is he writes from Mumbai, India. That tells you all about the culture and the police department there and more like the, the Silk Rook. 
in some ways. <laughs> anyway, it's just really interesting to read different books from different areas like that. We can learn that type of culture. Obviously, we also have, I like reading Reef Ball and the Cozies and Erling Fowler, who's not writing right now, but still has 19 books from out there. And, and, uh, and then we also, just the literary rise, um, we've been selling like the, uh, Sympathizer, which is actually a, just won the Pulitzer Prize. And oh yes, it, yeah, it, it's on Wim, and we actually, I actually was at an event that he was at, so it was really nice to meet him. And this, this is his first book, and he actually won the Pulitzer Prize. It's actually about the Vietnam War, but by the um, a different viewpoint than normal. So it's oh. really interesting. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, you know, to your point about learning about different cultures, I completely agree that literature, if you're not a big, you know, history um, history reader, I think accessing different cultures through literature is just a wonderful way to completely escape and immerse yourself in a place. And you, you mentioned India. I think that's a, a great example of a place where I'm a little bit too scared to visit, but I love the culture and I would love to be able to go there. And, yeah, to be right. able to go there through a book is Ain't that the best, safest, cheapest way? <laughs> Definitely. And then another one was Quay Quate, who's now writing the Darkle Thompson Investigations of Setanguana, G-H-A-N-A, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. But he just had his book come out, latest one, Gold of Our Fathers. And again, just totally interesting to read about the different cultures and learn all these things that they do that we would never think about. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I like it. I like it. How about you, Jane? Danny, and you do you want to pile onto the mystery train? You know, I, the, there's one that is a mystery thriller uh, that I just read, and I had given it to my husband to read. He's always a suspicious reader. You know, do you think I'll like this, et cetera. Uh, but we, um, we were on a trip to Croatia, and I gave him a book called Before the Fall by Noah Hawley. Oh, yeah. And the book is about a private plane that takes off um, with, at least two billionaires, their families, from Martha's Vineyard, and is just going back to New York. But something occurs on the flight, and it is really just a terrific book. The fellow who wrote it uh, also writes the TV series Fargo, so he has won prizes in theater and television and film writing, and it's a great story, and it's uh, got great um, characters in the story. They're not your stock figures of, uh, you know, Wall Street billionaires very very good um so that's the mystery that i read and then as far as uh books when you are traveling that really add to the travel or replace it there's a book called the time in between uh by maria duenas and it's about the spanish civil war it starts in about 1934 i think or actually a little sooner and follows the life of a a young woman and her mother in uh, in Spain in Madrid, uh, and when the there is the fight in the civil war in Spain, uh, she needs to leave and go down to Morocco, where she becomes a dressmaker. She has no other choices, and it was a terrific, interesting book about the pre-Spain, you know, the activities in Spain before World War II, and um, it also has been turned into a Netflix series that is in Spanish but with subtitles. Oh, wow. That is really, really good. It just was very informative and, you know, yet one of those books is very engaging. There. And it's a big book. It's probably about 400 pages long. Wow. So for travel, that was, you know, that was very interesting. And another book that I 
pretty much just finished is Ann Tyler's new book, The The Vinegar Girl. Oh, yeah. Which right. is set in Baltimore, as there are all of Ann Tyler's books, but is uh, kind of patterned after the taming of the shrew. So you have this crabby young woman, uh, her father, who's a professor, his lab assistant, whom she hates, and uh, you have their story. And uh, it's a, not a very long book. It's a wonderful book and a good book for uh, book clubs, I think, for discussion. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I love it. I love this show because I, I'm just sitting here frantically writing stuff down, as you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> God, you can always ask us again. We'll be consistent. Right, Deb? I'm going to have to keep yes, um, replaying the podcast so that I can get all these names. This is great. This is great. Okay. How about on the, um, well, you mentioned Ann Tyler. She kind of falls into, I don't know if she falls into literary fiction, but who are your, uh, who are your favorites there these days? My favorite, I'm sorry, sorry, Maria, I couldn't quite hear you. My favorite, what? Oh, I was just saying kind of general literary fiction. Ann Tyler sort of falls into that, I guess. Oh, but... yes, I think she very much does. Yeah. I think she might have won a Pulitzer Prize for yeah. the Accidental Tourist. <laughs> um, I like uh, Ann Patchett. I consider her literary most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Um, uh, let me see. I like, and I don't know if it's literary, but a, an author named Tim O'Brien. Oh, he, yeah. he wrote uh, The Things They Carried about soldiers uh, so in the Vietnam War. Yeah, so good. Uh, and I like, uh, wow, I should have a better, I should have a list, right? Yeah. Uh, you know who I consider literary but also a mystery writer is John Hart, who has written several books. His most recent is called Redemption Road. And it was a very gothic, big mystery set in the South. And, and I would consider him a very literary thriller writer. Wasn't that, that was a great book. <laughs> was, yeah, you, that's right. You read that. Yeah, it was, that there, good? It was so good. Yeah, yeah I know. It's a little bit like Faulkner, but, yes, you know, yeah. it was suspense in it, more suspense. It was, yeah, it was very dark, and it was, which is what I love, and so immersive in the South. I mean, you really, yeah. really got that culture so, so well, and, and very literary. I mean, for a thriller yeah. like that, it was really well written and great turns of phrase, and yeah, he was, he's fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, and there must be others, and I'm, I must have more than three literary authors, but I can't remember right now, Marie. Well, you can keep thinking of them. You have a few more minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about you, Deb? Who's who's your favorite on the literary fiction front? Oh, geez, you know me. I just uh, I'm see who I do like. I like. There's so many that I think that I consider literary, even though they're not. You know, with the mysteries and things like that, because I compare them to things like. Like even Reese Bowen with some of her Royal Spinus series, I read one that just totally reminded me of a Jane Austen book because of the time and the air and just the way it was written. And um, others, um, I'm trying to think myself. I wish I had written down more of these too. But (laughs) 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 right, (laughs) yeah, I yeah, I did think of somebody who I think is currently considered sometimes extremely literary, uh, Karen Joy Fowler. Oh, yeah. But she wrote oh, that okay. wonderful book with a difficult name, like uh, we're all completely besides ourselves. Yeah. And it was about an academic family in Wisconsin and their children, one of whom was a very, very unusual child. And uh, she was terrific in every way. I think so very literary that her next compilation of short stories called Black Ice, I couldn't understand a word mm. of the entire thing, but she was terrific. We had her come to the bookstore, and she was such a funny and interesting woman. She doesn't write very often. 
because she said she likes to watch television and kind of lie around. But uh, <laughs> she, too, was, I think, nominated not for the Pulitzer, but for one of the big prizes for We, Were, we Are All Completely Beside Ourselves, which has a big surprise in the middle of it. But um, it's just one of the best books I've read. So Yes, yeah, that was a great one. There's also, um, I haven't read it myself, but people are raving about, I think it's called The Veins of the Ocean. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the ocean. There's a good young adult called Salt to the Sea, but I don't think I've heard of Veins of the Ocean. Now I have to write that down, right? Yeah, I'm right. I'm sitting here trying to look it up because <laughs> I wrote it down myself and now I can't find it. But I think it's um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Veins of the Ocean. It's by Patricia Engel, and oh. um, people are going nuts for it. So uh, it's, really, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got to so. both see it, and if I don't have it, I better get it. You better right? get it now, right? People are going to come in, including me, because I haven't read it myself. <laughs> but <laughs> good, then I'll have it by then. Yeah. And another one that I thought was very very literary, but a new author, it was this young woman's first book, is called The Portable Veblen, V-E-B-L-E-N. And this girl was named after the sociologist and economist Thorstein Veblen mm-hmm. by her mother, who's just about as crazy as you could get to be. And the mother is kind of wears Birkenstocks and has many, many opinions and raised her daughter up kind of in the woods, but near Palo Alto. So now the daughter, Veblen, is about, I think she's about 30, and she's working in the office at Stanford, and she does finally meet somebody that she has a lot in common with, but she has to introduce him to her mother, and he has to introduce her to his parents. So that was a wonderful book, very well-reviewed, and we've, we've actually sold a ton of them at the bookstore. Um, First, I have to remind people who are way younger than I am who Thorsten Veblen was. Yeah, right. <laughs> because I don't think anybody really remembers him. He was from about 1900, but he coined the term conspicuous consumption. And the theory of the leisure class was his, you know, his contribution to things. So that's a wonderful literary book. Oh, fantastic. I haven't heard of that. That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've got so many. Um, I'm just a you know, enormous fan of short story collection. So I, I was going through my literary stack and there's so many of them are that, but, um, and, and most of my old favorites are really kind of old. I mean, like I still pick up middle sex and I still pick up oh, virgin yeah. suicides and some of those old books and still reread them. Cause I just think they're fantastic. The road by Cormac McCarthy, I, I think is just, you know, <laughs> I can never get enough of it. I told you I like yeah. dark. I still, I really like dark. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Well, and to go back and reread things, you know, I, I just yesterday I had a customer who said that she was buying some newer books, but she said that she's been making it a point to go back and read things that were either assignments in high school or maybe in college that she simply had had to read but didn't really grasp any of the importance of them. Oh, yeah. So she's been going back and rereading things, which is probably a really good and very much enjoying it and getting a completely different uh you know, set of ideas from the books now. Smart. She's a real grown-up. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Sometimes there's books you don't know if you just lied and said you read them and wrote a paper <laughs> when you hadn't read them or if you read the comic or if you really read the book, right? I don't know what you're talking about, Jane. I would have never <laughs> done that. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's still some books that I never read that I have it in my head. I did read. Right. <laughs> you read the cliff notes, <laughs> so it's sort of in your head. <laughs> yeah, or in my day, the comic books, the comic. kind of like Irish comic books that they would have about things. <laughs> oh, read a lot of those in my day. <laughs> that is funny. 
So the other yes. the other genre that has such a loyal following of people is romance. I mean, we, we talked about the mystery genre followers. Romance is big too. I I have to confess, I don't think I've ever read one book of romance, which is too bad. I should. You you know but, you might um, have, but that's it's hard to say, know. Yeah. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. I haven't read one either, but not literally just a romance book. I've never been able to read. One of those, but there's so much romance in the mysteries. It's, you know that yeah. a lot of the mystery writers are actually members of the romance writers group too, because of that. So. Oh yeah, right. Good point. Do you have I any favorites, Deb? Do you have I'm any favorite way. romance um, mystery romance that are heavy on the romance? Oh jeez, I probably <laughs> heavy on the romance. I'm trying to think which one. I mean, and you know, some of them don't. Some of the mystery writers also do romance, like Sandra Brown or Nora yes, Roberts. A lot of them do. Linda O. Johnston, um, Michelle Stavik. Quite a few of them do those. You know, um, do both of them. Um, but um, yeah, the ones Irene Fowler, they all have a romance going through them. Every series that you read is going to have a romance. Then Diane Mott Davidson with her cookie ones and the, you know the the uh, cozies things like that. But, yeah. Um, I think that's probably one of the fastest-selling uh, areas of any kind of publishing. But I think that I think that a lot of it is done on uh, e-books because people pretty much devour them. Oh, right. You know, they're reading yes. them so fast. I've heard that those are the most successful things. You know, people will get three a week or something. Yeah. But yeah. don't really care about having the actual book so much. Yeah. I notice that on the romance writers, they never reprint anything. So they, you have to read them fast if you do want to read them because they print them once and then they're gone. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we have a lot of notice, yeah. Right. Do you, do you consider... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I talked over you. Say the, say the last part again, Deb. Oh, I was just saying that uh, there's so many romance books and they're out there so fast that it is hard to keep up with anything if you are looking for something like that. Yeah, right, right. Do you so think the ebook is a good way to do it? <laughs> yeah, right. And I don't know if they consider a book uh, like the Outlander or the Outlander series. I don't know if that's considered a romance or not. Oh yeah, They're very well, erotic time, books. You know, this is Diana one time Galvedon. I was giving a whole box of books. Right. One time I was giving a whole box of books that they're romance books, and I looked through them because I wasn't a romance reader, and I picked out like one that was Thorn Birds. And it wasn't really a romance, and it was made well, into a no, but that was, that was a deeply romantic one, book, so. Yeah. It was kind the one of book a I read thing. that I didn't know if it was really a romance, but I was surprised when it was made into a TV show, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then there were the Regency romances with Georgette Heyer, and I actually used to love those. They were, um, I think she, this was quite a long time ago, I think she might have been a teacher at Oxford, but she wrote these romance set around the time of the Napoleonic Wars, and uh, and it was very much what people have continued to do. You know, it would be the the duke, the younger son of the of the duke. You know, with a girl who had been orphaned but was truly rich and things. She might have kind of established that whole idea of that type of romance novel. Yeah, right. Which is mu- I, much more yeah, uproar than I the. I did write. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was saying. I guess I did. Um... I guess it was considered to be romance because back when I was a teenager, I used to read Victoria Holt. Oh, yeah. Which was sort of Oh, a, I remember um, that name, yes. Yeah. She was like a romance, but in a way that was the Victorian era or something. I don't forget which era it was, but it was just, they were all romance in a way. You know, just a different type. <laughs> yeah, right. Not that they didn't have the big, the guy on the, with the 
with no shirt or anything on the top on the front cover. They were more like for teenagers and things, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now Fifty Shades has uh, obliterated yes. that entire thing, yes, right? Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and now that's kind of faded away. Thank God. Right. Oh. Thank God. <laughs> yes. But the one week when we had Fifty Shades of Grey in the store, I said, I'm a little blurb, if you feel that this is an erotic sensual book, you really should read the Outlander series because it's way more so. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then, they, then they put the series on, uh, on Netflix, so now everybody's seen it, or somewhere on TV, stars. But uh, yeah. that one is about a woman in somewhat current times who has a husband during World War II but then goes back to 1730 or something in Scotland. So she's got this very attractive Scottish lover husband, and then she has the more current one, and she kind of time travels between the two areas. So it's a very successful series. It's quite successful for us. It's long. But um, I think that that was probably what people might have enjoyed that more than Fifty Shades of Grey if they read it. I love it. I have one of those um, free little libraries in my front yard, and Fifty Shades is the one that it never stays longer than, you know, four So people like to pick it up? Oh, yeah. That's good. Maybe they were embarrassed when we would sell it. Uh, you know, there with a few of the men who were buying it, they would be either somewhat furtive seeming or they would say, oh, this is for my wife. <laughs> so that we felt like we should be wrapping it up in brown paper. <laughs> well, they'll they'll take it uh, confidentially out of my little library, although they'll also bring it back. So they're <laughs> <laughs> even just the same that's book. Great. They're they hey, you know what? As <laughs> long as people are reading, right. you know, that's the good thing. If they're reading and enjoying it. More power to them, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So. All right. Before we leave fiction, um, my my uh, the host of Writers on Writing, I, I solicited her advice, too, on um, some recommendations. And she said she'd read um, – Dave Eggers has a new book out called The Heroes of yes. the Frontier. Um, uh-huh. Just, just came out. That just came out. And she also mentioned California by Edom Lapuki. Is that right? Dys- it's oh, dystopian. yes, yes. That had been a book, you know, that was a little while ago, maybe even as much as a year or so ago. Okay. And is it was it Eden the Cookie? And I think the author got a lot of attention from somebody who's kind of an influence maker. Uh, so I, it might have been a little bit more temporary a book, you know, without somebody continuing to kind of get it out there under the public's eye. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was interesting. Yeah, that's I nice. remember it as being a little bit experimental, but an interesting idea. Yeah, right, right. Do you think the size of the books is changing? Are people having shorter attention spans or You know, longer? not the people that come in to see us. Um, right. I don't think so at all. And I think especially in the summer, we get quite a few people from around the country and a fair number of people from, you know, from Europe or Asia. Um that are very happy to find a bookstore, right, Deb, at all. Yes, yes definitely. That, I get them from traveling all over the place sometimes. And, oh, I'm just here for a few days, wanting to get a book. And a lot of them just want to read the classics. And, because, yeah. you know, I do have it at the store, too. So, of course, I'll get them those. But, yes, they definitely um, come in a lot looking for books that they can read on airplanes and things and like that. And I don't and really I think, think people are I getting think their sort of... fans are, are good. I think that they're, you know, they're... They're very yeah. happy to find physical places where they oh, can get totally. a book. They go, yes, they come zooming and go, oh, we just saw you here. You know, it's, it's no surprise. It's a real store. It's been so long since we saw one. You know, <laughs> we're trying to find one. You know, yes, <laughs> yeah, there. People still love one. <laughs> I think when I started ten years ago, there were about six thousand independent bookstores. 
uh, and at the low point, which probably was 2009 or so, you know, with the recession, I think there were maybe 1,600 bookstores. Wow. Last time I looked it up or I happened to notice, I think they were back up to 2,400 bookstores. Yes, the country. there was quite a few that ones that opened last year. Yeah. So um, there's absolutely no question that people's reading habits or the way they do anything, you know. No. And they're starting to say e-books are leveling off again now. And then now they're, yes, they're I, the, I they're saw that. The paperbacks and the books that are in, you know, actually in print are the ones that people are going back and still reading. So. Yep, it definitely is still there. It's a different experience. I think it's nice when you're traveling, if you can read electronically, but I think it's a very different experience. You don't see your book. You know, you don't say, yippee, there's my book. Now I can go to bed and read my book, right? <laughs> right. So it's a very definitely. different reaction. I cannot imagine relaxing by reading a computer screen when I'm laying in bed. I just can't do that. I have to have a book. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before we leave fiction, I um, and I told you I was such a lover of short story collections. Do how how well do those sell, or is it just me that's buying them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to say. Um, I would say well, I would say quite well. Okay. What do you think, Deb? Seems uh, yeah, they're still they're still being sold, but uh, you know, fiction books is everything else. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it takes a certain kind of reader, I think, to, to totally get into them, you know, sort of a, I don't know, more literary or something, I don't know. But. And I think sometimes right. people's choices for book clubs will kind of push them towards getting something more literary because they know they'll be discussing it, and that maybe that's a bit of a help. Yeah, right. Right. Right, right, right. And in these days, a lot of people do, even much for the comedies, and, you know, ones that have a lot of fun things in them, like the Carl Hyacinth and, the, you know, things that are really... Interesting to read that are just have some laughs in them at the same time. People need that too. Exactly. Every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will remind our listeners that you are tuned into Real People of Orange County on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are talking uh, to Jane Hanauer and Deb Mitch today, the owner of Laguna Beach Books and the owner of Mystery Inc. about their summer book recommendations or just their general book recommendations. Um, so let's switch over to nonfiction and talk a little bit about um, what's happening there. We have a we have a little bit of an election going on, so I don't know if there's some interesting <laughs> biographies being written. <laughs> yeah, yes, wow. Uh, at the store, we have a, I think it's by Gary Trudeau, who does Doonesbury. We have a book called Huge, Y-U-G-E, about Donald Trump. And uh, I would say that, you know, we, we have things about the political process, and we have a pretty big nonfiction area, but we haven't found that in Orange County um, that we have as many people um, who really are interested, it seems, you know, in a lot of political books. So we don't really carry a whole lot. We're more likely to just have general history, nonfiction biography books than, yes. than political books. And what of those uh, do you recommend? Anyway, I don't carry the political ones really either that much because people don't really buy them. They, they like the biographies and the, and the history books and things like that, but that's normally what I would carry. Yeah, right. Um, and I want to give a little plug to my one of my all-time favorite essay collections that came out, I think, I don't know, two years ago. It's uh, Michael Paternini, and it's called um, Love and Other Ways of Dying. And Michael, oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, it's so good. Michael was a, um, is a writer for GQ, and he does these incredible sort of 
half memoir, half essay assignments, and they really span the whole emotional spectrum. They're fabulous. Um, so that's my little essay plug. I don't know if you guys sell too many collections of essays. We do sell collections. I mean, we have a section for it, and I have to say that I sometimes I'm not as good about keeping up with it, but I'm going to take your suggestion and do that and also check the store to see if you say that they're good. You know, then I'm, I'm sure they are good. We have the, you know, Best American Shrek Fiction and a section that we call Literary Criticism. Oh, yeah. And, you know, various essayists, kind of maybe the usual suspects, uh, that does quite well. Perfect. Perfect. Any end of that? We have a lot of, we have a lot of writing books, too. Cause so many people seem to be wanting to learn how to write these days. So this year we like the Forensics for Dummies, the D.P. Lyle, and Pen on Fire, of course. Excellent. And of course, Stephen Stephen King's books on writing, he's very popular. So there's quite a few books that we do carry that's on the writing field. So that is the thing right now for everybody, it seems. (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of great ones. Yeah. Yeah, everybody and their dog is writing a book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think there are going to be more people who are writing books than people who are reading books. Right, I know. I felt this way. One of the one of the many uh, shocks when I first opened up was the number of people who would come in and had written a book, but uh, seemed to have, well, maybe they were nervous or something, but they seemed to have no interest in any book that another person wrote. And I don't know if they were particularly done any reading right before they moved on to their memoir. Oh, that's and great. And memoir in particular. Yeah. That wow. is great. Yeah. And then people will have to And I do know one of the, one of the so authors that does a lot of ghostwriting, does a lot of memoirs, Joe Amadio, who also does the writing series, too. Oh, yeah. 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 It's amazing how many people want their memoirs written now. So. <laughs> they say that there are millions. I read some article about this, and that was a year or so ago, that millions of people have written memoirs. Oh, my God. But to do that, I think, is great if you know that it'll be for your family, friends, you know. Yeah. Right. But it is very, very hard to find a readership, even for the many wonderful authors that we all know. Yes. I mean, right. there'll be books that are in the store that I love, I love, and, you know, you, you, you just can't sell every book to people. And so when this happens, um, it's, it's just a, quite a revelation, or was to me. It's the yeah. Facebook generation of people thinking that they're so important that they need a book written about them, right? Yeah, yeah. themselves, right. Yes. Most of us have had lives, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. That yeah, being said, do that. you have a favorite memoir that um, that you do recommend? Uh, you know, let me give that some thought. I'm trying to think of what I've written recently. You know whose memoir I loved was the original one by Candace Bergen. I think it was called oh. Knock on Wood, and it was about growing up with her father, who was a ventriloquist, and, uh, and a very famous one. And she grew up in Beverly Hills, and it was such an honest book. You know, it didn't try, it wasn't a mean book, or I had a terrible life book. It was just a very honest book, and I think in memoir, that's very much what I, what I look for. That's great. You know, not when people are using it necessarily for psychotherapy, but for when they're really telling the story of, you know, their life and what they learned. And so I can very much like some some memoir books. And there must be a newer one. I like George Carlin's book. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think of anybody else. Deb, do you have anybody? You know, I can't think of any right now. That I know, you know, I carry quite a few biographies written by other people, but not really any that are written by them, their own, you know, by the memoirs. So. 
The mm-hmm. Jeanette Wall mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. That Jeanette Wall's book. Do you have somebody that you like? Yeah, I was going to say the old. I mean, it's been out forever, but Jeanette Wall's Glass Castle, I thought was yes, just a great. Yes, yes, that's quite a. Great we continue to sell that book. Yeah, but that book has a lot of meaning for people. But she's a wonderful writer. Yes, I, I think that that when people are writing uh, memoir, that uh, that maybe they don't realize that it's not so much the things that would happen within a person's life as how they tell it. Right, right. And how you know you could have a pretty uneventful life, and and if you're a good enough writer, it'll be an interesting book. And you know, conversely, exactly, a lot of can happen so Jeanette Wallace is a terrific writer terrific writer yeah the other one that um th- that would go to your point on that is Andre Dubois um his memoir Townie I thought was in the same vein it was really yes. really well written and and wonderful well written yeah. and hard but but a well-written book the other uh and it was a very informative book was uh, Tina Fey's Bossy Pants oh yeah that was great. I think it really taught you a lot about how to be a manager you know, yes. I don't know if that, I mean, you know, there were a lot of sort of interesting business tips in that book, as well as the fact that it was very funny. And she's obviously a professional writer and a good writer, so. Exactly. Barbara, uh, Barbara DeMarco Barrett writes in saying also Liar by Robert Berge and Bettyville. I haven't read either of them, those. Buddy I've heard Ball. of Liar. No, I don't think I've read Buddy Ball. Uh, Bettyville. Bettyville? Oh, Bettyville. Yes, yes, yes. It had a great cover. Uh and I think it's on my, it might be on my stack, which I think we probably all have those towering <laughs> stacks next to our beds that are, you know. <laughs> and in our showers off. and in our, yes, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you feel like maybe you read it, but then you realize, no, it's just in the stack. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're drawing down on our time, but I'll, I'll segue into the next section on YA because YA is such a big seller. Do you have any YA recommendations? I'm sorry, Maria standing in the alley like a drug dealer because <laughs> I got my cell phone, so I'm, I'm loitering around. I couldn't hear the last part of what you said. Oh, we're, we're um, going to transition into the next next little sec- segment, so I was going to ask your YA young adult oh, um, yes, recommendations. Yes, yes. That's a great category, the YA, yeah. and um, covers all sorts of areas. There's a lot that's quite serious and I think, you know, would be helpful to 13 and 14-year-olds. Um, I have read and like a lot of the YA um, uh, suspense and, and kind of adventure stories, like The Fifth Wave. It's a series by uh, Richard uh, Yancey. Oh, yeah. And right. it's about, it's a, the, a, you know, the not unusual end of the world kind of stories now, but it had a very good, strong female character who's the one that's left to try to find her little brother. And, and it was very inventive, you know, with what, what had happened to the planet. Yeah. And so he had three in that series. He had his first one, The Fifth Wave, and then he had The Infinite Sea, and then his newest one is called The Last Star. And they were great books. Love it. Love it. And, and then he... one of the books that we sell the most of, and it's in YA, but it kind of goes over into the scientific area, is Madeline Lengel's A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's a favorite from my childhood. That was, yeah. That, that was a favorite of every woman on the Supreme Court was a wrinkle in time that they that it made them look at things differently. Oh, I love and, and in the space program, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that book endured. That was really fantastic. Yes. Any last-minute recommendations we didn't cover that we should have before I let you go? There's another wonderful nonfiction oh. book written by Tim Reese called The Black Couch, which is about Alexander Dumas' uh, father, who was uh, from, I 
don't know if it's the Dominican Republic or Haiti, but he was a decorated uh, military leader, mm-hmm. and he was black, and, uh, and he had a remarkable life, very adventurous, and the fellow who wrote The Black Count had won the Pulitzer Prize for another book he wrote that I've totally forgotten about, and that we just always sell, and people love it. Fantastic. That's a great yeah. recommendation. Yeah, because okay. he didn't know that the author of The Three Musketeers you know, had such an exotic background. Yeah, wow. All right. That's fantastic. Deb, anything else? Oh, well, I can think of a million, none at the time, so. We'll just all have to go off and start reading, right, Deb? Now we'll just get home if we can. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, ladies, this was an enormous pleasure. Thanks so, so much for taking the time today. Oh, thank you. Well, thank what you. Long I live. Talk about books. Long live independent bookstores. Get yourselves into Laguna Beach Books and Mystery Inc. and um, and go on their websites and look at their um, events. There's so much so much going on. I'm going to go to your one in um, in August, Jane. That sounds great. Good, good, good. Do I look forward to seeing you there? Perfect. So bye, Marie. Bye, Dad. Thanks so much. Okay, Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And up next is my own little bookworm. Um, Haley Rovner is my daughter, and she is a avid reader. She has a little book blog called. Uh, the little l i l bookworm dot com, where she in where she reviews um, Y A books. So Haley, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> thanks for coming on with me. Thank you. All right. So you're going to give us your favorites in the Y A realm. Yeah. Um. I have a lot. I know. I know, see. I see. There's a massive stack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, give us your give us your top five favorites and just a little tiny synopsis. Of- yeah. Um. So. I read a lot of, like, summer contemporary that have little romance plots inside and stuff. And a really, really good one is My Life Next Door by Huntley Fitzpatrick that is actually really popular, but I had no idea it existed until, like, two weeks ago. Um, And it's about a girl who has a mother who's a politician and... Uh, who's sat on her roof at night staring at the family that lives next door and they have a very like crazy life with a ton of kids and has always wanted to be a part of their family but her mother really hates the next family and then one day she meets one of the sons in the family and stuff happens and such <laughs> um, and chaos then, ensues chaos ensues yes um and then all of Morgan Matson. I love Morgan Matson. Uh, she has Since You've Been Gone, which I really love. And then Second Chance Summer, The Unexpected Everything, and Amy and Roger's Epic Detour, which are all really, really good books, though I won't give the synopsis of all of those. Um, and then in terms of, like, dispense, or er, not dispense, suspense, <laughs> Um, The Testings, a really, really good book by Joelle, I'm not sure how to say her last name, Carboneau? Charboneau? How do you spell it? Spell it. C-H-A-R-B-O-N-N-E-A-U. Okay. Yeah. Um, You can look that up. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's about this dystopian world where the highest officials and jobs are determined by, um... Like, the elite people go through this testing process that is morbid and kind of weird, but no one knows that it's a scary testing process. So everyone wants to go into this testing 
but then when you get there, it's terrifying and. That's I'm my not, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not much of a scary reader myself, but I really liked it, and it was really, really good. Um, and then The Cellar is a really good uh, suspense novel about a kidnapping that I really enjoyed. Um, you weren't a big reader of, I mean, I know you read Harry Potter and you read some of the big series, but I felt like you didn't get into those as much. So you'd say your taste is more dystopian like in terms of fantasy or like dystopian yeah that's what i'm asking okay um i am really into dystopian fiction and i read a ton of them um there's a few more legend by marie lu and an ember in the ashes by i think her first name's renee and then tahir those are both really really good dystopian fictions um, but I do read a lot of fantasy. At least I have been more recently. I just finished um, Throne of Glass, which was really mm-hmm. good. And then Tin Star is a really good kind of science fiction um, fantasy type book. And I don't read many space novels, um, but it was a really interesting one about a girl a human girl who was left on a space station very far from Earth, and she um, had to learn to live with like other species of aliens and stuff, which was really good. And then also Starflight was a really, really good space novel. Those yeah. are the two that I've mostly read. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> and you, d- you got into the John Green craze with everyone else, yeah? I read them, though... Um, I, I like, especially Looking for Alaska, that was a really good one, but I never really completely got into the John Green craze as much. I appreciated them, and, like, I read them so that then I would be able to talk to my friends about them, and, because everyone else was reading them, and I watched all the movies and stuff, but not as much. It wasn't really my writing style preference. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And who was the um, the movie with the? Um, it was made into a movie, but it was a book first that I know you liked about the the guy who was dying of cancer. Oh, and the Fault in Our Stars. No, after oh. that, we just saw it recently. After that? It was in the movie theater. Oh, it was um, Jojo Moyes. You like oh, her? Oh, me before you. Yeah. He wasn't dying of cancer. He's a quadruple. Oh, that's right. He's a quadruple. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, it was something depressing. Right. That wasn't a uh, young adult, actually, but it was amazingly good. And I don't usually read adult fiction. I read a little bit of it, but not too much yet. But yeah, she was I good. Loved Jojo it. Moyes. Yeah. I was crying so hard at the end. Yeah, that was I'm great. A cry reader. That was yeah. great. <laughs> We're drawing down on our time, but any last minute? What what should your friends from the ages of fourteen to sixteen run off their couch oh and get? Um, Sorry, definitely an Ember in the Ashes. Definitely Marie Lou's Legend or The Young Elites if you like more fantasy. Um, a lot of Morgan Matson. She's really good. And then I think My Life Next Door in the testing would have to be. They're all on there. Yeah. Everything I mentioned was amazing. So, <laughs> And all this can be found at thelittlebookworm.com so they can they can see your recommendations. Yeah. And many more. <laughs> and many more. Thank you, Haley. Thank you, Mommy. <laughs> that, 
that is all the time we have for today. Claudia Shambo will be back here with you next Thursday evening. If you missed any part of today's show, it will be podcast shortly on KUCI's website, KUCI.org slash talk, or on Kimberly's website, so stay tuned for that. Coming up next is Counterspin. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thanks for listening. Go read a book and have a great night.